The podcast you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. To start your own conversation, go to anchor.fm to download the app or find us in the App Store. Hey, it's Kristen from Anchor. Somewhat ironically, I'm going to get straight to the point here. I want to talk about waiting. And I want to hear your stories on this topic. So, waiting is everywhere. It's in our fairy tales, stitched on pillows, a part of the virtues that we teach and try to unteach. And language is lousy with phrases, idioms, and platitudes all about waiting. To name a few, it's worth the wait. It's a waiting game. Patience is a virtue. Good things come to those who wait. A watched pot never boils. Waiting is the worst part. But what is it that we wait for? What is that experience like? What stories haven't been told because they're missing a final chapter? What stories haven't been told because it happened to happen before the final chapter? Screw the final chapter for a minute. I want to hear about the waiting. Waiting for a yes or a no. Teetering between possibilities, unsure of your next chapter, or maybe just that next word out of somebody's mouth. Tell me that story. What is that like? Maybe for you, it's a story about a frozen feeling, the uncertainty, not knowing what to expect. Or maybe for you, it's about a career path, knowing it comes with a lot of waiting. Maybe it's a story about something worth waiting for, or about the joy of having it all work out. Or maybe it's about how you deal when it doesn't. And then again, maybe it's just a story about what to do with yourself while you wait, or realizing, finally, what it is you should never, ever wait for. It might not be an easy story to tell. It might not even be a feeling that you've put to words before. But I know that you've felt it, because we all have. It's almost too meta, I can't stand it, but I can't wait to hear from you guys. Waiting's a funny thing. I think sometimes we mistake waiting as something we must do, when really what we must be doing is acting. And I think there's a difference between waiting and patience. I think patience is understanding that there's the long-term vision, but you don't have to wait for that long-term vision to happen. You need to act to make sure it happens. So whenever you find yourself in life where you're waiting for something, try not to wait. Try to act. That's a lesson I've learned the hard way. For the past five years, I've been wrestling with a chronic invisible illness, which for the most part has confounded doctors and me and my family. And I have been left waiting, waiting for doctor's appointments, for more blood to be drawn, for results. I've been told a variety of things over the years from, man, there's nothing we can do for you, to we're giving up, to... I expect you to get better. I cannot promise it, but I expect it. And this has left me in a very strange place. It has left me feeling isolated, overlooked. People tell me, but you don't look sick. So it feels like I've been waiting for my pain to be validated almost, waiting for it to be uh, recognized as real, waiting for the morning I can wake up and be without pain. In all of this, however, I have learned so much. I have learned to appreciate life right now, even if I don't get the thing that I long for. I believe that God does not waste anything. So 
I have this personal conviction to not become so obsessed with the outcome of the thing which I am waiting for that I forget to just live my life. We're not guaranteed to get that one thing, but I'm still waiting for it. You know, I really enjoy this conversation, and uh, the reason is uh, the waiting and the patience. They kind of tie into something for me, and and I think, you know, I'm a sufferer of severe anxiety, and I think the waiting portion and the need to react, and, you know, you want to act, but you can't because you're waiting for the results to see how you should act, tying, you know, waiting and and acting into uh, anxiety issues. You know, it's one of the one of the things I struggle with. My husband and I have been trying to conceive for about a year and a half now. I was recently diagnosed with uh, PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, where it's not impossible to have children, but it is very difficult. So this process has been very, very hard. I've been to many doctors, um, taken many pills, and tried and tried and tried to conceive until I realized, you know what, I'm just going to stop trying and just let it happen. You know, just trying not to stress about it, trying to eat healthier and really focus on myself, focus on my dreams and my career, auditioning for a Broadway show. I'm flourishing in my makeup business. So that's what I've been doing here while I'm playing the waiting game. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always wanting to to have my child, you know, in those quiet moments where I'm home and I'm just doing nothing. It's when I miss having a child the most. Um, Just, yeah, just waiting for it to happen. I know it will. I know one day it's going to happen. This caused such a drastic mental sort of uh, stimulation for me that I just felt compelled to reply and uh, just say that I think that waiting is the buffering of real life and it's fun to use it as an indicator to exercise patience and being very present in the moment. Lorenzo. Kristen, I'm going to make you wait for my response. Lily Sanders. <laughs> That is the funniest thing I heard all day. Antonio Vereen. Um, I waited in the military for 23 years because people told me I couldn't do anything else. I waited to figure out what I wanted to do in life, listening to everyone else. So you have to say, you know what, enough is enough. Let's just try this. If I fail, I'm not a failure. I can learn from my mistakes and keep moving. You know, successes are filled with fails. Um, yeah, I don't wait anymore. I'm in Saudi Arabia. I'm doing something that I really like. Um, I'm taking action. I'm not going to wait anymore. Just, yeah, that's me. No more waiting. Just action, doing. My story about waiting is about my daughter. Eight and a half years ago, she was in a motorcycle accident, and I had to wait in a room, and they tried to send a priest in. And not that I'm not religious or spiritual, but I didn't want that waiting with a priest uh, thinking about the possibility that my daughter might pass away. She did not. 
Uh, she's okay today. She uh, broke every bone in her face and lost her left eye, but she's uh, happy and well-adjusted and has a three-year-old daughter. But that waiting room was uh, the most awful wait I've ever had in my entire life, and I wish that no one ever has to go through that. Zach Hoke. I think uh, everybody's probably been in this situation before. You uh, you send a text message to someone, maybe something you thought a long time about whether or not you wanted to say or how you wanted to say it. You might not want to say it at all. And you end up sending it. And afterward, you are just sitting there looking at your phone, trying not to look at your phone, putting it on ring, putting it on vibrate, putting it on silent, putting it away. And the anticipation of getting that text message back is... You know, it's an indescribable feeling. You shake, you sweat, you just can't, you know, you can't deal with it. And then when it finally comes, you almost don't even want to look at it. And I think waiting for a reply after you sent a message that you pondered sending in the first place, I think that's just an unmistakable feeling that almost everyone can relate to. Hey, this is James with the hustlehabit.com. Hey, Kristen. Great question. I am going to fly a little bit off the cuff here, but I, I wanted to chime in early. I view waiting in, in the way that you spoke of it as like boring waiting, like DMV waiting, waiting for a root canal waiting. Uh, and the way to make that waiting better is to be actively present within your own mind during those times. You know, I think we're inundated with screens and, and we don't give ourselves some time to just reflect on our life, reflect on our day, on our week, on what we want to accomplish. And the time when we're waiting and the time when we're usually frustrated is time that we could spend being present through reflection. What's up? My name is James Andre Jefferson Jr. I hate it with a passion when something says four to seven business days when I order off like Amazon or something like that and it takes to seven. That like day four, five, and six are horrible days for me, because that makes me know they were lazy with my package and they didn't do the best they could have did to get it to the four days that like they said they could have. So I hate waiting too. Um, I think there's a difference between waiting, patience, but also like laziness or procrastination. I think some people are thinking or maybe they, they really think that waiting means some sort of procrastinating or you're not doing anything at all. And I think we are living in a culture of instant gratification where we're used to getting so many things right away. We don't take the proper time to appreciate the waiting, to appreciate inward reflection. Um, just kind of, I think it's just going to make me think tonight about a couple of things. So thank you. Lily Sanders. I couldn't agree more. If you really take yourself out of the story that is in front of you or behind you and you're completely present, everything looks differently. Even if, you know, you're waiting in traffic, just disconnect with whatever story is out there, whatever you are starting. You pull back from that and go within. Everything looks different. My name's Rachel, and I'm from Niagara Falls, New York. I really miss my mom. 
the waiting reminds me of my mother being in hospice when she went into hospice. A lot had happened before that, but when she went into hospice, that was it. It was all over. Her breast cancer had spread to her brain, and there was nothing that I could do. There was nothing that anybody and the most talented doctors and surgeons or anybody in the world could do at that point. It was it. It was over. And I remember sitting there and holding her hand and her just slipping away. I mean, for two weeks. It wasn't even like my mom was even there anymore, but but I know she was. And it was, I mean, I was there until the end, and I held her hand when she went. Hey, it's Andrew. A lot of people are talking about those more existential moments of waiting, um, and I certainly have had those. Right now, however, I'm waiting on something silly, which is a package containing a graphics card that I just bought for my computer. It's interesting to think about the ways anticipation or waiting can heighten both positive and negative. Dylan DiGiovanni. Hey Kristen, really good question. Uh, I'm gonna add in something that probably a lot of people wouldn't be able to contribute, but I remember waiting for my top surgery. I'm transgender and I had a surgery uh, to change the shape of my chest <laughs> and uh, they called me I was supposed to be there at 7 a.m. and then they changed the time of my surgery so I had to wait all day in the waiting room which gave me a lot of opportunity to sit with the gravity of my decision and really decide if it was right for me I had a lot of hours to kind of just get up and run out and be like never mind just kidding I don't want to do this but I didn't I just sat there and uh, just as the hours went by, I just actually became more clear that I was absolutely supposed to do what I was about to do. And it ended up being one of the best decisions I ever made. But yeah, the, the eight hours I had to wait, that was pretty excruciating. Hello, this is Brian Maines. This idea of waiting came up in a recent conversation with a group of friends, one of whom is a nurse within an ICU unit. She is constantly amazed by how some people will hold on to the end of their life until someone tells them it is okay to let go. This reminded me of my own grandfather who died of cancer. My family watched helplessly and in pain as he languished for days, waiting until my mother told him that it was okay to pass on. He died literally in front of her within seconds of her telling him it was okay to let go. It is amazing how hard we will wait for something to happen, even if it hurts. Hey there, this is Matt McClard. So waiting implies time, and time is a weird, weird creature. When you're young, it seems like a week is a year and now that I'm you know approaching 40 I can barely keep up and a week seems like a day it seems to go by so fast and so quick but when I was in college back when time seemed to be much slower my friends and I used to talk about waiting two weeks 
and if something was wrong or something was difficult, we kind of learned this trick of like, okay, we'll push the pause button, wait two weeks, and see how it turns out. It was a very eye-opening experience and, and a great learning experience too because I learned very quickly that after two weeks, most of the time things don't seem so bad anymore. Gary Stockton. When thinking about waiting, there's just one story that I can think of, and that's of a homeless man called Dennis. I recently found out his name because there was a group of neighbors that are caring for him. And so I'd been going on Sunday to take him dinner. But the thing that bothered me um, the most was that every time I would pass him over by where he stands, he was still standing there. And I just couldn't get my mind around the idea of standing in the same place for months on end, maybe years on end. Life is such a gift and you could just let it pass you by from a street corner. This is a very cool question. Um, right now, I actually gave a, a long notice of leave uh, for my job because I'm, I'm leaving working at one church to actually go and work for a different church and plant that church. And versus giving like a two weeks notice, I gave about a six weeks notice um, to create a long transition. And so I'm waiting and got about five weeks left. And I, I want to just jump. I want to just let it go. But financially, that doesn't work for my, me and my family. I have to kind of do a turnkey from one job to the next. But um, so, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of painful. It's kind of difficult um, to kind of sit and just have to wait and make it a real long uh, transition. And so the second story I have is about two and a half years ago. Um, we adopted my daughter who has Down syndrome. Um, but so many people told us, oh, you know, be ready to be patient because it's going to take a long time. And some people have waited for years and years to adopt the child that they're looking for. And um, we, we always wanted to adopt a child with Down syndrome. And from the point that we started the paperwork um, in February of that year, uh, we had her by June. And so whereas we thought that we were going to have to wait and wait and wait, she actually came to us very quickly. And we didn't have to wait. And then she didn't have to wait. So as God would have it, we got to pick her up from the hospital when she was three days old, and there was no wait, and it was wonderful. Wendy Lynette. Kristen, I know about, uh, I have a story about waiting. I have four children, and three of them was girls. So I thought that the last one, we was trying to figure out was it going to be a girl or a boy. And I remember the ultrasound tech said, I'm not going to tell you the sex. And then she told me to look closely, and I saw a little stem, and it was a boy. So I understand about the art of true waiting. If you pray to God and you keep the faith, then God will answer your prayer in his timing. Okay, so waiting. Um, I'm from Jamaica, by the way. Back in the day, the first time I met my girlfriend, she was always like, you need to wait. And I'm not a fast mover. I was like, okay, we're not girlfriend or boyfriend. Let's go, let's go, let's get it, add it, add it. And then she's like, okay, no, no. It took me three months before I could say baby. Five months before I could get a hug. Um, seven months before I could even get a kiss. And to tell you the truth, it was worth it. Because I learned a lot about myself. And a lot about her in the process relationship getting to know that person what they're about oh gosh man waiting is so passionate trust me 
I think waiting for me is enjoying the moment. One of my biggest pastimes working for Disney for so long was, you know, we'd go to the parks and, you know, a lot of the times you'd wait, you'd go with friends and you'd wait there. Sometimes 30, 60, 90, 120 minutes. And so instead of just sitting there and waiting, we would play play games in line. We would uh, make things up, pass the time and enjoy enjoy each other's company. So, you know, waiting for me is trying to enjoy the moment and try to be in the moment. WNLP Tribe. One of my favorite waiting games or one of the times when I have the most anticipation and most joy, and I know this sounds silly, is when there's like a big Powerball ticket or lottery game. I enjoy the actual waiting, the the part before knowing the number that they're going to call are not mine. I always tell everyone, I feel like a millionaire, multimillionaire until I hear the numbers. So that's just my story on how um, waiting can be fun and exciting. Different circumstances bring different emotions for me with waiting. Waiting for the right emotions and energy to come along to take action on my next idea. And sometimes this makes me feel like I'm procrastinating and getting ready to get ready, but I realize that waiting is sometimes necessary for everything to fall into place. Yet sometimes I just need to get my ass in gear and do it because now is the only time that I have. Can't do anything about time that's passed and tomorrow is just uh, imaginary. Then there's waiting for anticipation for something you know is coming, like carrying a baby for nine months. The worry about making the best decisions while growing a little human being. Or waiting to tell a child that they're going to Disney World for their birthday. That kind of waiting makes life exciting. When I was a firefighter, I was my first interior and I was going in. We got separated from some furniture that was burning and I ended up off the hose, which is what you want to follow when you're going into a blaze. Once you're off of the hose and everything's dark, you can't see. So at this point, I thought I was going to die. I'm on my knees and I am just waiting and fortunately ended up finding the clarity to get to a wall and heard some of my brothers on the outside and they cut a hole and got me out and that's the story that changed my life hey it's Aaron Words. Yes, the concept of waiting has a lot of meaning for me, too. Um, My wife is from the Philippines, and when we had decided to get married and started going through the visa application process, all of it was very straightforward. The paperwork was straightforward, the fees, everything like that. But what they never tell you is how long you have to get between one step to the next. And so it's this period of indeterminate waiting, which was excruciating because we had no idea whether or not we could get married. And uh, once the visa application gets approved, if it gets approved, then you have 90 days for your spouse to get to the United States and then you get married within that 90 days. So you can't plan, you can't do anything. You're just waiting in this purgatory. And thankfully, her application was approved, and she was able to come to the United States. And we got married, and things are going great. We just had a beautiful baby girl uh, three months ago. And yeah, long-distance relationships, there is a lot of waiting. And thankfully, it was all worth it. 
Lauren LeClue. Hey, Kristen. Great question. It's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, actually this week, but I've just been realizing that I've been kind of always waiting for things to get easier or waiting for things to get better. Not that they aren't good now, but sort of waiting, you know, to have enough money or waiting for the kids to be old enough to travel or waiting for my career to get to the point I want it to get to. And um, I realized that's kind of unfortunate to be sort of always waiting because I think if I have that mindset, I always will be waiting. Jesse Gardner. Uh, This is going to be a little hard for me to talk about. Um, About a year and a half ago, uh, I was at the local Grange Fair with my family and my little three-year-old daughter uh, wanted to ride on my shoulders. So I picked her up and I put her up on my shoulders and she kicked my glasses off and my reflex was to grab for the glasses and she went backwards off my shoulders, headfirst onto the asphalt. And um, thankfully there were some EMTs there that jumped out and held her and said, don't move her, her neck may be broken. Um, and so my wife and the EMTs took her off in an ambulance and drove away. And I had to take my older son to the hospital. And so that whole drive trying to figure out if I had actually killed my daughter uh, or permanently scarred her, it was very difficult. She turned out fine, no problems whatsoever, but that was a hard time to wait. You know, I wasn't going to share this story because in some ways it's not my story to share. And I kind of decided that I might anyways just because I think Maybe it'll be helpful, and if it is, then it'll have been worth it, and he won't mind. Uh, One week after I would have graduated college, if I hadn't dropped out, one of my really good friends in that class died. And he was an avid biker, and he died in a car accident uh, where he was on his bike. And that was it. Just as his life was starting, it ended. Um, and me, I, I'd only come to the realization recently that I, you know, only two years before, really, which wasn't that long to, to, to try to get on with my own life. But I, in that time, I hadn't done nearly as much as I wanted or had hoped to since then. And, and, uh, I was lucky that while I knew him, he was a great example of, of not waiting. He always made the most of his life while he, he had it and, when he died, it, it made me ask myself, what am I waiting for to get going with my life? And sometimes there is a good reason to wait for small things, for things that can be waited for. And sometimes there's things like life itself that we only have for a really short amount of time. And if we wait too long, we miss out in really important ways. And so my friend taught me a lesson that I try to remember every day, which is not to wait for the things that matter most. And uh, so I want to ask you, what are you waiting for? Zach McCrite. Well, this is a good one. Uh, I had a couple different stories come to mind, but I thought maybe I would just share the one of 
waiting on the little one in front of me right now as I do this wave. And that's my baby, my little daughter, Remy uh, Remington. She was born seven months ago. And the day she was born, uh, as I try to entertain her, that was probably the longest day of my life. Uh, We had to induce my wife. Uh, The doctor said, we're going to induce you. Come on in at 6 a.m. And my goodness, we didn't have the baby until 5 p.m. And I always hear all of these stories about how, you know, well, labor took 24 hours. And, and yes, that's you're right. But she wouldn't start labor. Now, once they broke her water, things really got going. But seven months later, beautiful girl. Ryan Owens. I'm glad you asked this question. I am waiting for something extremely precious and something that is worth all the gold in the world. I am waiting for my very first son. We named him after my grandfather who passed away in 2009. His name was Kelson. That is my son's name, Kelson Robert Owens. And waiting for him has been full of anxiety and excitement and wonderful anticipatory pleasure. I am just, I've never waited for something that is going to mean so much. So when it comes to waiting, it seems like the whole pregnancy went by so fast, but now these last few weeks are extremely slow. So I am waiting more than ever right now. Miss Faye. My goal in life was always to put an end to Restavec, which is indentured servitude. I wanted to send young kids to school in Haiti, teach them how to read and write so they don't have to go live with some stranger who treat them terribly in order for them to go to school and learn how to read. That is my goal. So therefore, I am not the one waiting. It's a whole population that seem, that is waiting for me because I feel like I can help. But the task is so big that I am dragging my feet. As of now, I just pay for school for a few kids and then teaching them how to read and write. Indishore.com Let me tell you a story about waiting. It doesn't matter. I'll tell you next time. You've been listening to Anchor. To join the conversation you just heard, go to anchor.fm to download the app or find us in the App Store. Thanks for listening.